This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's mini masterclass with me, James Roy. It's late in April as I record this, and Australia is, it seems, coming towards the end of the coronavirus or COVID-19 crisis. And certainly it is in a better place than many other parts of the world are in. We're all starting to get our appointments for our vaccinations and our immunisations and, and so forth. So I thought it was timely to revisit four conversations that I had in November last year. Now this was uh, when I was at a festival at Cherry Brook Technology High, which is in the Hills Shire of, of Sydney. And I spoke to four writers asking them three questions. I asked them how things have changed for them through COVID as writers. I also asked how uh, COVID changed the way that they will now work in the future. And I also asked what advice they might give to new writers compared to the advice they might have given them pre-COVID. Now, the four writers I spoke to were Kirsty Eager, who is a young adult writer, Will Kostakis, who is a good friend of Westwards and a, and a young adult and children's writer, also Belinda Morell, who writes for children, young adults and adults, and Siu Ming Tio, who is an academic from Macquarie University, also an award-winning uh, fiction and non-fiction writer. And so I asked these four people the three questions I mentioned a moment ago, and here are their responses. Please enjoy. So I'm talking to Kirsty Eager. Kirsty, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me, That's James. Right. Um, so just tell us a l very quickly for the listener what sort of thing you write, and, and then um, we'll get on to the questions. So I write young adult fiction, but at present I'm currently writing a screenplay for the movie adaptation of one of my books, and I'm also moving into adult fiction as well, so I'm working on a novel there. So a bit of a variety. Which book are you writing the screenplay for? Is it the vampires one? No, it's the first novel I had published, which is called Raw Blue. Uh, and I'm writing the screenplay and I'm working with someone I'm really happy to be working with. And he'd approached me quite a few years ago about doing that. So he'd come back and we decided we wanted to work together on it. So, um, yeah, it's good. We've got uh, some funding to develop it. So that's been a good sort of stamp of approval. Um, so we know we're sort of on the right track. And what I'm learning is that it's a very long process. <laughs> are you going to be Are you going to be fighting with the people from home and away to, for use of uh, Palm Beach? No, it'll all be North Narrabeen, so it'll be really gritty and urban, and not not so sun soaked. It'll be more like a surf urban, yeah, a bit different. Yeah. No Alf Stewart kind of equivalent. Use flaming kids, get out of my flaming shop. <laughs> no, although there is a cafe, but um, yeah, totally different sort of take on it. I think. So um, how, how has COVID affected the way you write the practice, that you, you know, your writing practice and how you make money from being a writer and so forth? Has it, has it had a big impact on you in that way? Yeah, it had a huge impact on me. Um, I love doing school visits and that was all taken away, as most writers would say. Um, but the funny thing was, years ago I thought... I, the thing is with me, I grew up in the country, I went to a state school and I was raised by a single mum and we didn't have much money. And what I keep thinking about everything I do is that often 
I don't go to the country to talk to kids about riding and I feel quite strongly about that. So ages ago I've been thinking, well, really the only way to do that properly is probably online. So um, I'm kicking myself because I thought that for years, as most people do, but then it just takes so much work to actually do it. So this was the year where I thought, right, well, I've got time now. So I've been putting courses and things online, longer courses than probably what I'd do with a school, but that's what's changed. I just can see now that online's probably... It's good to have that arm in terms of what you do. And then I'd sort of worked hard to get a grant to advertise that to regional schools because I want them to at least know that that's an option. So, yeah, that's probably been the big thing for me. It's really made me think about what's important to me and just come full circle, I guess. Well, I guess that kind of answers the second question as well. You know, how has it changed how you'll work in the future? So, basically, making future-proofing yourself effectively is what you're saying, really. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, quite honestly, I feel like the whole world will go online, so I don't know that it would be a point of difference. I just think for most writers, that's going to be have, that will be something we have to do as well. And um, I don't mind that because I quite like having that control, you know, over it and just being able to control that one aspect of what I do. Because I think, yeah. I guess the big thing is that schools will be also much more open to taking that on now that they're actually answering emails again um to if they've done this over the last year they'll sort of a bit less resistance to the idea of having an author visit online yeah i that's the definite advantage of um what's been otherwise a pretty disruptive idea i think that we've all learnt i think we've amazed ourselves with how quickly we can work in different ways and the online thing yeah i think schools have changed completely in terms of how they deliver material and modules and that will only continue so um but to me it's interesting because i feel like the downside of that is it's quite dehumanizing and um so for me i think a lot of what i do is video based because i want people to see the human behind it all the time so that's where i was and well i guess my focus would be going forward to keep that up and more video based and, and keeping the human element there because ultimately if you're teaching stuff people should know the person behind all of that and even for schools I, I hope that they sort of see the value in that too because otherwise it becomes very you know it's just more screens so yeah yeah indeed um and finally the advice that you would have given a year ago is probably very different from what you'd be giving now uh, how has that changed and what advice would you be giving a new writer now all right, so I have and you said you were going to be blunt. Yes, I'm going to be blunt. I have strong opinions here. Um, so I can only speak from my experience and I like to be honest about things. So what's changed for me um, and definitely has hardened in this, this probably this last year is that I think now uh, instead of thinking in terms of just writing um, and in like a narrative form, so books, um, you know, novels, I now think in terms of story. And I think as writers we have to really think about being able to present our work in different sorts of media. So I think if you're a writer, uh, I, don't, I, th I can say from experience, screenwriting for me has been fantastic. It's really uh, made me look at a whole different way of presenting a story and it's improved my craft. And I just think to make a living, you have to be able to probably be able to do that now. And it's not, it is a bit scary. It seems like a big ass, but I, I don't think it is really. I think it means that you're in a lot more control. I think writers have long been exploited, actually. I don't think they get a fair living from what they do. And I think that's one way for us to broaden our base and have more power because even with screen stories, they're always adapting from us. So I think, you know, take the reins back, get some power and learn new schools and drive it more probably that's what I would say Kirsty Eager thank you so much for talking very, very, thanks James for having me I enjoyed it <laughs> especially very opinionated <laughs>
Uh, my name is Will Kostakis. I am a young adult author who was first published in his late teens and has built a career uh, writing and touring Australian schools. COVID has had a significant impact on my writing practice. Uh, all the things that I would usually do to fill my creative well, be it speaking, touring, socialising, I couldn't do this year. So that definitely affected my output, but my deadlines didn't shift because... <laughs> Publishers still had to meet hard deadlines for bookstores that still weren't open yet. Um, and it definitely changed my approach to writing. I always thought that maybe one day I could fantasise about being one of those authors that locked himself in a cabin and just wrote. And now I realise I cannot do that. Um, you've, you've, you've seen misery, right? I have seen misery. I have known. I have become very intimate with misery <laughs> this year. How has it changed how you'll work in the future? I think... I let a publisher dictate to me when I would release something, when I had instinctively I knew that there was no point releasing books this year. And I think while I do sort of back myself, I think now I really need to trust that instinct a lot more because it has shown me that releasing books for releasing sake, it, it wastes all the time I spent writing it. And if you were giving advice to either a new writer or a young person who wants to be a writer, uh, has it changed from the advice you would have given a year ago? <laughs> See, the advice... Carry on. The advice I usually give is become a confident speaker, learn how to sort of promote your work, and <laughs> that has now changed completely, I think. Without a publisher, absolutely in your corner... I'm not sure what the point of releasing through mainstream larger publishers is um, because they have shown this year that save for three or four authors, they don't know how to make sort of news stories or, you know, publicity opportunities emerge and promotional opportunities emerge for authors. So I would reiterate that they should be writing because they love writing not because they want to get really rich really quickly and I would sit there and go okay if you're really passionate about this and you want to do this um, make sure you can at least survive for about a year and a half in terms of having money in the bank and having a plan um, and being good with money and also if it's not all about money, then look at those smaller presses because if you're not going to get the big promotional push, at least have an editorial team that won't rush you, won't hold you to really hard deadlines and will actually let you create a work that will endure because that, I think, is how we make money in this long-term, in this industry long-term. I don't think it's going to happen with becoming a bestseller overnight. Thank you, Will. My pleasure. Hi, my name's Belinda Morell and I'm an author and I've written 35 books, everything from adult non-fiction to uh, lots of books for kids and junior fiction. So yes, I'm a full-time writer. So how has, um, how has COVID affected that, being a full-time writer? Is it, has you, have you had to modify your practice or the way you work or the way you make your income? Absolutely. Um, for me, normally, about a third of my income would come from doing school visits, creative writing workshops, festivals, um, adult writing workshops, and all of that in one week just got pulled out 
like a rug from underneath me. So I lost a third of my income overnight and it really hasn't picked up. So yes, it's been really significant. Um, and I also found that with um, my publishers, they kind of put everything on ice a little bit. So I was lucky I had a couple of projects that were in the works, um, but we kind of, with one of them, it sort of went on ice for about four or five months while they figured out what I was doing and then we went full steam ahead. So it is coming out next year, which is great and it's finished, but yes, it definitely um, put a dampener on everything. So has that, has um, the way you work in the future, do you think that's been changed, the way you approach your life as a writer and everything that encompasses? Uh, yes, I'm really trying to get my head around that. I'm hoping that next year that we get back to doing school visits because I really love that. I get the energy from talking to the kids and it's different to sitting alone in your office. So I love getting out in school. So I'm hoping we get back to that next year, obviously. Um, if we don't, I'm going to have to think of something really clever to try and bring more money in because um, I can't survive as a writer um, without the, all the elements that come together or at least it's much, much more difficult. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do about that yet, but yes. A year ago, the advice you would have given a new writer or a young person who wants to be a writer it would have been, you know, probably the usual kind of advice we give. Has that changed a bit now? Has the world changed for a new writer? I think definitely. I think it's a lot harder now for a new writer to get established. It seems to me the publishers have become a little bit more conservative, so they're focusing on their bestsellers, they're focusing on their established writers, and they're also making their writers... I feel like they're making them focus on things they think will sell or things that have been proven to sell. So I think it must be a lot harder for a new author to break into publishing now. So I would suggest just keep writing, keep writing, write with joy, um, but don't expect that you're going to necessarily get picked up as quickly as you might have done a year or two ago, which was it's always been hard, but I think it's just a little bit harder now. But hopefully in a couple of years that will change. And what, would, what advice would you give to anyone who might think, oh, everyone has just gone through quarantine, I should write a quarantine book, what would you say to that? <laughs> Well, it depends whether you want to be timely or timeless, I guess, which was the advice we were given when we were writing our book, Searching for Charlotte, that's just come out. And I said, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Maybe we should add something into the story about this pandemic. And she said, well, you could, but it depends whether you want to be timely or timeless. So we decided to be timeless. It sounds like good advice to me. Thank you so much, Belinda Morell. Thank you so much, James. Thanks for having me. I'm talking to Suming Tio. Tio. Yes. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am an academic and um, a fiction writer. I, I feel I should, in some ways I should put the fiction writer in the past tense for the moment and bracket it off because academic work is just taking over my life right now. But um, in 1999, I won the Australian Vogel um, Literary Award for my novel Love and Vertigo, and um, which was also shortlisted for a number of other prizes. And then the second novel, Behind the Moon, came out in 2005 and was shortlisted for the New South Wales Premier's um, Literary Prizes. Uh, I have been working on um, academic work since and I am still stuck halfway through my third novel and thinking I should just, you know, work, go on to my fourth. So for you it's the, <laughs> yeah, right. so for you it's the, the third novel is a challenge, not the, not the dreaded second novel. Uh, no, it's actually not even the third novel. It is actually um, university life and having to produce um, academic work that is rateable. So it's a lack of time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do a little bit of uh, creative nonfiction on the side as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically what I write. So how have things changed for you this year with all the, all the unspeakable circumstances around? 
Okay, so I think I was hoping to get back to writing some fiction this year. Um, I'm always hoping. <laughs> um, and uh, it, obviously it didn't pan out because um, the universities were thrown into disarray. We had to take all the teaching online, uh, which takes up a lot more time than face-to-face -face teaching. One of the things I did find very useful, though, in terms of teaching students was that we were able to use COVID and um, their experiences of COVID and the COVID lockdown yeah. um, to um, as story prompts, I suppose, to explore a whole lot, a lot of stuff. Sometimes uh, it felt as though the classes turned into therapy sessions. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that publishers are bracing themselves for a raft of isolation quarantine novels? I know it's already started in the romance genre, so I do academic work in the romance genre, and apparently there are, there are isolation, you know, COVID romances um, being produced. I have no idea um, what <laughs> what uh, what it's going to be like, but probably, um, yeah. I think it has been. I, I think nowadays we we feel the weight of history and living in historic times so much more that we feel the need to document things a whole lot more, yeah. and also I guess because we are living in an age where people write about memoirs right um, they're writing about themselves so I'm very sure that we will see a flurry of those so um, how has how have the events of the last year changed the way you think you'll work in the future the things you've learned about the way you can work and the way you will work and the ways you don't want to go back to working after what we've been through okay I think I've always been really fortunate because I've been able to work part of my week at home so I was already doing that. So in, in terms of, uh, of the actual work patterns, not that much changed. What I really need to do is to try and work out a way of writing at the same time my students are writing so that if I can do that, I'm going to be a lot more productive, I think. So if I can pace myself along with them, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do next year, I guess, so that um, you know they've got deadlines. If I can make their deadlines, my deadlines, hopefully I'll be a lot more productive as well. And um, now this is going to be a little bit different from what some of the other people have said because they've been approaching it from a slightly different perspective. But um, the advice that you would have given a year ago compared to the advice you would give a new writer now, has that changed at all? No, I don't think so. I mean, basically a writer writes, which is why I said maybe I should put the uh, the writing part in a parenthesis at the moment for my career. But um, a writer writes, uh, whatever it is, you've got to carve out time to do whatever kind of writing. Um, and I think, you know, the research is, um, is is absolutely fundamental for me still. As a writer, I've, I depend a lot on, on research. So I don't think that my, my advice would really change much from 2019, um, apart from the fact that I guess a lot of people did take um, advantage of COVID and isolation just to get, uh, to get writing. <laughs> and I wish I could have done that too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Siu Ming Tia. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much.